This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to Zim Conversations on CliffCentral.com, hosted by the usual suspects, Kamupiri, a.k.a. Big Daddy Black, <laughs> and myself, KF Malindi Jr. Once again, we are blessed with some serious academia on the show. It's very interesting to have lawyers around all the time, so I know how safe as, I am. Yeah. Especially with what's going on in Zimbabwe currently. Um, on Skype, in the studio, we have Dr. Alex Magaisa, law lecturer at the University of Kent, and former advisor to the former Prime Minister of Zimbabwe, Morgan Tsangrai. Welcome, Doc. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, we also have live in the studio advocate Gabriel Shumba, who is an award-winning human rights lawyer and executive director of the Zimbabwe Exiles Forum in South Africa. Thank you very much, and it's a pleasure to also come to the forum where my good friend is featuring. Alex <laughs> we date back a long way from the rest of Zimbabwe. And when they say a long way, they mean a long way. <laughs> if I may ask, okay, in terms of, was he in the SRC with you as well? No, not exactly. Alex was the, the book kind of person. Oh, right. right. He, was a, he, he, okay. he wasn't a radical. He has okay. a first class degree. So All right. Place. Okay, okay, okay. We were the stone throwers no, no, no. most of the time. We, we, we had both. <laughs> a first class degree back in the day, that one actually made sense. Yeah, nowadays, yeah. Yeah. nowadays, they just give them away. Yeah. It's, 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 it's equivalent as a first class flight now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can be like Grace Mugabe and get a degree in three weeks oh, or yeah. three months. Yeah. Not just a degree, <laughs> a PhD, Dr. Amai. Yes, wow. <laughs> so, gentlemen, let's get into it. Uh, before we get into the actual um, issues that we're going to speak about today, uh, very quickly, Advocate, can you tell us what the Zimbabwe Exiles Forum in South Africa does? We set up the Zimbabwe Exiles Forum in uh, 2003. We advocate and lobby around human rights um, issues uh, in Zimbabwe. We, in particular highlight the ongoing violations to ensure that there is a regional and international consensus about what to do to salvage the situation. We also assist asylum seekers and refugees from Zimbabwe who come here. And they, believe me, we have uh, over 3 million Zimbabweans in South Africa now. There are wow. many who are refugees mm -hmm. and asylum seekers among True. us. I thought we only had 3 million Zimbabweans outside of Zimbabwe in total. No, no we now have a quarter of the population outside, outside of Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. So how many in, in numbers, what is that? I didn't we know are in math. Probably in excess of yeah. 4 million. 4 or 5 or million, yeah. 4 or 5 million. So the majority being in South Africa. No. The majority. Well, like Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Doc Alex, what about in, in the UK? How many of us do you think are there? Well, you know, the, the, the numbers are, are very are very difficult. There's never been a proper scientific uh, study to, to find out, um, you know, how many people there are here. Uh, some estimates, uh, you know, talk of about 300,000 people. Uh, it could be more, it could be less. Uh, but from my own experience, especially before the visa, uh, the visa regime was introduced, People came uh, using Malawian passports or African passports because they just had to get out of, you know, the airport that Zimbabwe had to come. Yeah. Wow. Um, Alex, uh, to get into the issue that is that is going currently going on in the country, first of all, um, was Pastor even released on bail, or were the charges dropped? 
Well, uh, my understanding is that uh, the majesty, you know, the details are, are still scanned a little fast. We're just celebrating the fact that he was he was released, and I think we'll be getting uh, a bit more details on what exactly transpired uh, last night. But my understanding is that the magistrate was very critical of what the police had done, uh, in particular their very amateurish uh, attempt to change the charges, to, to, to raise the charges from the public violence charge that they had introduced, uh, uh, you know, used initially, to uh, that of subverting a constitutional government, which is uh, a much higher offense, and, and the magistrate was very critical of this. And I have to say, uh, you know, the Constitution helped a lot. Uh, it, uh, it's got uh, a very extensive rights on arrested persons, uh, rights of uh, accused persons. And uh, I'm very proud when I look at that Constitution because that is uh, what was very helpful yesterday when the magistrate was, was uh, you know, went through all those rights and said, no, you know, this guy uh, has been, is, being, is being unlawfully uh, uh, held by the police. So he was released. I do not think it was, uh, I think it was a bail hearing, but the police were saying essentially they were challenged, the lawyers were challenging the lawfulness of the, the arrest itself and the change of the charges. But I think we'll get more specific details today. Okay. And Gabriel, so basically are we saying that there was no legal premise to the initial charge of inciting violence as well as the treason charge? Well, the first uh, charge, which was... Um to do more with public violence, I think they might have or might not have a, a very might not have had a very strong and solid case, um, but that would be more speculation if we were to say what evidence do they have or what evidence did they not have when they brought the charges. I think what comes out startlingly clearly, but which is also not surprising, mm. is the fact that the state attempted to be vindictive. So this is what we always uh, maintain, that the state um, has no right to try to politicize yeah. a criminal offense if it's alleged. Yeah. But it, it, it is a pattern that continues to happen in Zimbabwe when charges of those nature are right, brought yeah. about. And uh, ultimately, this is why you find uh, many people saying there is no rule of law in Zimbabwe because charges are targeted against specific individuals mm -hmm. and what the state tried to do at the last minute to upgrade a charge of public violence exactly. immediately yeah. at, the, at the door of the court. Smacks of political uh, victimization. Of and th that is what people say. Uh, wh what we mean, it's a clear indicator that there is no rule of law in Zimbabwe. I might, it might interest you to know mm -hmm. that uh, this is exactly the same charge that uh, was preferred against me yeah. in uh, 2003 attempts to overthrow a constitutionally elected government. Yeah. Then it was Section 22 of the Public Order uh, Act, yeah. and Security Act. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we had over seven lawyers, and uh, I was actually thrilled to see the unit, to see the determination of lawyers coming, we are told that there were about 50 lawyers representing me. It's actually, I think it was 100. Oh, yes. yeah. There was 100. <laughs> I think it's the first court case that they've ever had to, to have at the, the Great Hall, at the UZ. Yes, that was one of the allegations that they had moved to, uh, to the Great Hall at University of Zimbabwe. Yeah. But apparently those were miscommunications. No, I, I that's actually what happened. So the <laughs> 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 No, that's actually what happened. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, thank you, Gabriel, for that because I wanted to get into this point afterwards. You actually sort of um, prophesied. I wanted to say, do you think that the treason charges were in a way in retaliation because civic society had uh, began to support uh, Pastor Ethan? Yeah. Well, my, I think so. Yeah, there is yeah. clear, uh, a clear indication that the government is being vindictive. It, um, it is so. It is a government that is so because they perceive this expression of popular discontent yeah. as something political rather than an issue of uh, bread and butter, which yeah. it is because we have never in the history of Zimbabwe witnessed such a huge response to a call for a stay, a, a stay away. We, we yeah. had some stay away previously, mm -hmm. if you remember, in 2002, exactly. even as prior as the 1998 yeah. mm -hmm. uh, during the food riots. But this is one of the biggest um, in the history of the country, expression of popular discontent. And it also, I think, points to the fact that we have a government that <coughs> is illegitimate in the eyes of its people. Because there is no clear face behind the movement. Alex, uh, I know you've got a school run, and I know Gabriel. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and I know Gabriel, still a bit of time. Gabriel has to run to to a demonstration. We hope you make it back safely. Yes. <laughs> um, but just moving on a bit quickly, I wanted to ask. They have clearly stated that this is a non-political citizens movement, mm. and this sudden involvement and major involvement by civic society, Alex. Do you think yeah. it can threaten to hijack the movement and its purpose? There are a lot of opportunists. I want to be clear and straightforward. I am one of them, obviously. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Kamu would love well, to be yes. president. I'm well. actually trying to book a flight now. <laughs> Make my presence felt. Yeah. Well, you know, um, uh, as you have rightly pointed out, one of the most uh, critical aspects or, or fascinating aspects of this movement is that it is a political. It is well, not a political, but it's, it doesn't have. It is non-partisan. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think it would be wrong to say it's, it's a political. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's obviously well, always careful. Yeah. <laughs> there's always politics in everything, right. uh, but I, but I, I think it's non-partisan. And um, what it has done is that uh, the usual political players on the uh, political landscape in Zimbabwe in the opposition parties have not been directly involved in this particular movement. And what has given traction, what has enabled it to uh, have so many people coming to support it is because uh, people were also very frustrated with politicians. They were frustrated with the ruling party, but they were also getting frustrated with the opposition leaders who have been uh, splitting up uh, you know, into smaller and smaller parties showing no hope to the people of Zimbabwe when most, most people were saying, let's have one running point. And what uh, this pastor has done is he has provided uh, a running point. He's, he's talking about bread and butter issues. He's talking about issues that matter to the people of Zimbabwe, something that uh, the opposition leaders have not been doing in recent years, uh, and, and also showing that unity of purpose. So... Civil society also, I think it fed into that old trap of, uh, uh, and I think Gabriel here will agree with me, having observed civil society from, you know, a distance uh, in Zimbabwe, um, you know, people fell into the usual diet of workshops and, uh, you know, drawing up plans and, you know, proposals and, and not actually doing anything. There were no boots on the ground. Coffee, and lunch, per, per diems. 
and the hotel. Yes, yes, yes. It's a per diem economy, just yeah. like in government. Um, and, 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 you know, um, the, the, the trouble is, uh, you know, most people spend their time flying to, to different countries around the world to exactly. attend this and that conference. And, and that is really to civil society, it has removed it, it has sort of professionalized it and moved it away from the people, you know, it, it is not what it was during our our early days, you know, so there were no boots on the ground. Yeah. And uh, so this frustration and lethargy, both in the opposition and civil society, has opened up a space. Uh, and just one last thing, uh, I said in one of my articles that I've written that in Zimbabwe, both in the opposition in the ruling party, and of course in civil society, there is what is called a, a leadership traffic jam. You know, uh, you know the, the leaders uh, on the front, they don't want to move. And so those are the back. They're stuck. They don't know what to do. They also have ambitions. So the result is that they've had to find alternative routes. And Pastor Evan and his movement have provided that alternative route. I mean, you actually answered my, my, my next point, which is where civil society and MDCs have failed. Mm. Uh, why is it that a clergyman has succeeded? But then, Alex, what I'm stressing is, is there not a threat to hijack this movement from civil society itself? Well, um, <laughs> I, I, I was going to add something here, and I think it's important that I raise it uh, in, in response to your question. One of the things that I've always said to the, the guys in this movement, uh, generalists in Papua, is that we must uh, at all times have enormous respect for the many people who have been in the trenches for the past 15, 20 years. <laughs> people like that. <laughs> yeah. That is a very political uh, statement, Alex, but okay. <laughs> Um, no, no, the, these people are important. You know, Gabriel is sitting there. He is my friend. He was tortured. He is a victim of this regime. Mm -hmm. But during that time, people didn't pay too much attention to the trouble that people were going through. Uh, it's important that uh, a lot of people have woken up and are beginning to take notice. But it's also important that we remember the sacrifices that have been made by people who are still living. And uh, so I don't like the idea that there's a division between this movement, civil society, or opposition parties. I actually think that what is important for Zimbabwe is for these groups to get together and understand that they can work together, that they can complement each other, that yes. there shouldn't be any separate. And that's why I've been cautioning. Uh, political, my political friend and my civil society friend, that they shouldn't be jealous of Pastor Even, that they shouldn't be looking at what he's doing as if he's providing competition. But uh, what they should be doing actually is to uh, find ways of complementing that movement in their own way. They've got their own structures yeah. and they should be using them to provide a, a multi-pronged approach mm -hmm. to the regime, uh, a regime which is uh, extremely vicious. Mm -hmm. And, and events yesterday at, at the magistrate courts were really encouraging mm -hmm. to see all people, including politicians, including church leaders, civil society leaders, coming together and showing solidarity with the pastor. And that's what should happen. Mm -hmm. Very true. Very true. Kamu, yeah. uh, yesterday's stay away apparently had almost failed. But then our government inadvertently yeah. uh, then caused <laughs> <laughs> this mass protest. Okay, well, I think... Also, that's propaganda as well. To say that, uh, well, that, that was just actually to deter other people who wanted to actually join what was already happening. Because from the morning, uh, reports were from about half past six in the morning, I was receiving, like, 
numerous WhatsApp messages mm. and mm. phone calls from Zimbabwe of gatherings, like hundreds of people already heading towards uh, the, the magistrate's court. Yeah, so for them, it was their way of trying to actually counter what's been happening on social media because I feel for me this has been actually propelled by social media more than anything else. Yeah. So they were trying to counter that, exactly. you know. Uh, but I mean, I'm, in terms of the numbers, I heard yeah. people went to school. Some people went to school, teachers. Oh yeah, some went, people went to work. Yeah. So it wasn't as it wasn't going to be yes, as successful as the previous as July six. Yeah. But then, of course, because of our government's uh, incapabilities and their mismanagement of everything, yeah. they inadvertently, you know, sided with with the protest. Yeah. But it might have failed, Gabriel. Do you think it might have failed because the pastor had been arrested, and? Considering that, don't you think that the movement, even though it is not um, an actual structure as yet, do you not think that it needs a central coordinating body to ensure cohesion and continuity, regardless of who is present and who is not? Indeed, that's what it needs. In fact, uh, I think as Alex has said, there might be a feeling which is not uh, articulated at present within <coughs> civil society that... Uh, what the pastor is doing is to take an already existing turf yeah. from those that have been in the trenches previously. Instead, I, 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 I see what he's attempting to do is something that, uh, what Alex said, should be complemented from civil society and the opposition political parties. There is nothing inherently wrong um, with putting a face to that movement. Mm. Uh, what the government did when then turned him into a martyr, I think when they arrested him. They made a mistake. They made a mistake. Yeah. And that is what gave impetus. We were not going to see a 6 uh, July kind of uh, turnout on yeah. the ground. That was not going to happen because the government managed to bring forward uh, the paid debts of some of the citizens. Yes. <laughs> uh, somehow they obtained money somewhere. Yes. So we're not going to see that. But as you say, I think there is a need to have some kind of committee, um, not only from this flag movement, Tajamuka, yeah. mm -hmm. but also from the traditional civil society formations oh, that yeah. have been on the ground. Uh, I can predict that there will be more momentum and more energy if we get them uh, united. Of which I think is actually going to happen now, because um, obviously the one thing that Zimbabweans are good at is being afraid. <laughs> you know, and so, I mean, when when it comes to money, they're not too afraid. But when it comes to political issues, they don't want to touch them. But in this instance, you see that uh, I think once a pastor manages to to challenge government, yeah. I think people on the ground realize that it's possible. As, yeah, but, and, but the funny thing is it's always been doable. It's just that they, they probably just didn't investigate the channels in which to do it. Mm -hmm. Maybe they thought doing it via emotion was going to work, then backfires. Yeah. You see, like a, a, it ties them out of situation, yeah. you understand? Mm -hmm. Of which now his brother has come out to say, actually, uh, that, uh, you know, he's very happy with, yeah. the, with how things have gone for the pastor. But what about his brother? Even you know? though the people of Zimbabwe failed, it ties them out of be very honest. Which they did. They did yeah. And I think it's a, it's, a, it's a very important point for us to highlight because now, then we have to go back and say, I, I know I've got a question I need to ask Alex, I'm sorry, mm. but I just got caught by this point. Yeah. But now we, we have to also take a look at what then happens. Is it that Zimbabweans are now at a point where they want to choose what sort of uh, method of rebellion they're going to follow or should they just allow this type of situation to continue like for instance with the time now? Do we start asking the question, where is it?
Exactly. Is is that is that probably the next step? Is that maybe part of of a strategy that the movement could use, Alex? Uh, in terms of the the movement, that is the pasta is not uh, garnered now. Can we say maybe the next point of strategy could be? Can we start asking where it ties? Can we start looking at uh, other ways of now putting pressure on the government? Where is fifteen billion? Where we see the fifteen billion? I think I know where that one is. <laughs> we know seven. Seven was in Chinamasa son's car at the border. So how much is that now? So we'll short how much. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, to add on to Kamu's point, which is very valid, yeah. uh, what are the aims and goals yeah. of the movement? This flag, let's say government says, okay, guys, come, let's sit down now. As Kamu rightfully said, yeah. okay, we're going to start asking questions. Yeah. There are a lot of questions that we have to ask. Oh, yeah. But then after asking those questions and maybe getting answers, falsehoods here and there, yeah. what next? Is there a strategy? Is there a plan? Couldn't be that. Yeah. Uh, good, good question. Uh, good question. I mean, I wish I wish I could answer it um, on their behalf, but uh, unfortunately, I can't. Um, what do you suggest? But, but, it, but it's important that we we ask questions. I, yeah. I think it's important that the question is asked, uh, you know, to to the citizens of Zimbabwe, because, um, like I, I pointed out in one of my my writings, one of the things that you want to avoid is to have a Libya, uh, an Iraqi situation where a, a dictator is overthrown, but uh, there is a, a power vacuum uh, created at the end of the day and, and there's no one to fill it. Mm-hmm. Or there becomes uh, all sort of uh, militias and uh, different groups trying to fight for space, leading to an even more chaotic situation than uh, during the time that the dictator was in charge. So yeah. we need to be able to avoid that. Uh, for me, I think the movement has to begin to organize itself more uh, it needs to have exactly what you are pointing out. There have to be objectives. There have to be aims. There have to be plans on what to do. You know, I remember when we were in government, when I was working with Mr. Changrai, one of the things that we were working on was things like, uh, you know, a 100-day plan, what we would do in the, next, in the first 100 days of government if we win power, exactly. and all sorts of things. And that needs to be done. And, and the movement... Uh, uh, very quickly, I don't think they had the luxury. They very quickly had to start organizing themselves and start putting these things together. I think that there is even a constitution for the movement. The movement is just a, a, a group of you know different parties getting together, motivated by the interest to protest and to complain against government. But uh, I don't think that there are any you know sort of objectives which are set in stone. Uh, which are, well, they don't have any sense on, but objectives which are clearly written down, uh, and, and that needs to be done uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, otherwise, we, we end up just floating and not knowing exactly where we want to get. I think they were surprised by their own power. They didn't expect <laughs> this to happen, and of then they're course. like, oh, wait, okay, <laughs> maybe we should start planning. But uh, moving well, on to, uh, uh, yes, Alex? No, I was going to say that there is a similar point that I've made about both the opposition and the ruling party, including the movement itself, that nobody was prepared for this avalanche. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True, true. Moving on to a more legal and international um, perspective of the whole situation. Gabriel, we've seen the videos of police brutality. Yes. It has been ridiculous. And now with cell phones and, and mobile data and so forth yeah. and so on, mm. it's easier to spread. Where is the international community? Where is SADC? Where is the AU? Where are our neighbors? It is extremely sad, actually, that um, we have um, witnessed the resurgence of crimes against humanity in Zimbabwe. We have issues uh, at international law that need 
intervention of for the African Union, the United Nations, for example, Security Council. Mm -hmm. There is a principle uh, called the responsibility to protect which governments have been awfully failed to utilize. It, mm -hmm. it actually calls for military intervention from other countries where crimes against humanity are taking place. Mm -hmm. In fact, I had actually forgotten, I have a list of uh, some of the torturers that are involved currently yeah. in the in the torture of uh, those that are abducted. Yeah. Some of them are in the military. Amama Pranga, for example, is mm -hmm. in the military. But I just want to emphasize that they are well known. In fact, um, there is also another one known as uh, Nyaranda Mabunda from CID Law and Order. Okay. He has been uh, involved okay. in the previous torture of or alleged torture yeah. of some of the people that uh, we, we, we have seen tortured, uh, including Justin Amukoko and others. So they, uh, when we have such a situation where we are able to identify them, there is an imperative for the region and the international community to intervene. And intervention may also mean what South Africa did recently. The mm -hmm. highest court in this country said those that have been implicated in acts of torture and crimes against humanity in Zimbabwe should, upon arrival in South Africa, be arrested and arraigned uh, before, before the courts of law in this country. And I think there is a need, as this movement grows, to expand networks with the uh, other solidarity forums such as the trade unions in this country that have been Kosatu for example released a statement yesterday saying we are in full support of uh, the workers of Zimbabwe we are uh, feeling and empathizing with their anger so there is also a need to expand networks to ensure that ultimately some of those implicated in these crimes are arrested in fact my organization the the, the day before yesterday also brought a communication to the uh, to the international criminal court citing some of these people we have already forwarded the videos to the international criminal court mm -hmm. so those are some of the actions that we we can take at a political level we hope that sadak as it meets in the next few days to discuss statutory instrument 64 for 2016 mm -hmm. they will also have space to discuss the human rights situation in the country finally i just wanted to say also on that point that what Alex said is very important. We need this movement to have a long-term strategy. Mm -hmm. It's not enough to just say, let's protest about non-payment of our June salaries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. there, there is a need for a long-term strategy. Yeah. And yeah. one of those strategies might be to say, where are our rights? Mm -hmm. So if you say, where are our rights? It's something that is long-term mm -hmm. because then you want to effectivize, if I can use that word, the rights that are provided in the new constitution. You cannot give me education say, today, not tomorrow. Yes, yeah. and you can also say, where are free and fair elections? In yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Alex, there's been um, uh, what you, a petition that's been circulating on social media, a petition to Ban Ki-moon. I don't know if you've come across it. Yes, I have. Uh, if that petition can garner the right amount of numbers, and can be proven to be legitimate, can it give authority to the United Nations to intervene? Well, you know what? Uh, what we say in, in social movements is that uh, any sort of uh, action that is taken in order to bring international attention to a particular problem is vitally important. Uh, I believe that uh, uh, this petition is, is an important demonstration uh, to the United Nations, to the international community, uh, 
One point that I should uh, make also in addition is that uh, we know that Zimbabwe is looking for money. The Zimbabwean government is broke and they're busy going to the IMF, going to Washington, going to London, Paris and other other countries looking for money. And uh, uh, it's important that uh, these guys understand that they have a moral responsibility not to fund repression. And the images that we have been seeing in Zimbabwe in the past uh, seven, uh, you know, 14 days, they are uh, horrific and they demonstrate a a regime that is not prepared to uh, be tolerant and to respect human rights. Uh, And and just to add that, uh, you know, our constitution makes it very clear that uh, if a police officer or a soldier or any member of the security services uh, commits an offense, commits a human rights violation, then they will be liable in their personal capacity and they can be sued in their personal capacity. This is something that the members of the security forces may not know, but uh, I have tried repeatedly to raise this issue on social platforms so that they are aware that they cannot be asked to carry out orders that, that violate human rights mm-hmm. because they would be responsible for those in their personal capacity. And people like Gabriel, who are the human rights lawyers who take, the, take on these issues, should really set an example with one or two of those to show that uh, their responsibility is going to be personal and it's not just going to be for, for the state. Alex, I totally agree with that. Eh? And I, 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 think, I think that point should be reiterated that, I mean, considering like for now, we have a list here in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. Of names, and these are relevant individuals who actually feel feel the need to go out and 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 carry out these heinous acts. And if you can actually manage to catch one or two of these people, at least just bring them to book. <laughs> no, no, really, that's how Zimbabweans Absolutely. operate. Because have you noticed that Zimbabweans they are rebellious until you bring one to book? That's what they were trying to do with the pastor. <laughs> so the they figured, okay, look, if we can get the pastor in here, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. lock him up like we usually do with everybody else, then it's crashed. Yes. But unfortunately, a hundred lawyers arrived. And at that point, they were like, okay, well, see, now, now we've got a bit of a crisis. This but, scene was beautiful. But essentially, no, really, Alex, thank you for that, because when I look at this list now as I'm here, you know, it's actually, I, I, I feel a little bit of a chill going down my spine that the That's individuals true. driving around Harare mm-hmm. currently or just across the country, mm-hmm. you know, just terrorizing individuals exactly. based on, 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 on political matters, of which at the end of the day, when these people actually get home and they look around, do they not realize the carnage? That has happened yeah, in this yeah, country. Yeah. The havoc, you know, that, mm-hmm. that they're causing. I mean, living in Zimbabwe right now must be, must be just Chaotic. unbearable. Yeah, that's true. In fact, just to show that there is a pattern to this and that it's not just accidental. Yeah. They are actually constituted into two squads. One is called the Heat Squad. Yeah. That is oh. the one that is involved in perpetrating acts of torture and yeah. beating people up in abductions. Yeah. Then there is another one which is called... So the Heat Squad has, has got people like Crispin Tazuida, who is in Army Counterintelligence. Mm-hmm. And the car they are driving is a Mazda BT50 registration number GB. L6344. Those are a lot of details. They yeah. are <laughs> so the track squad is the one now for following people yeah. up. Let's say, for example, the release of Promise Mkwanans and the release of Pastor Mawari. Yeah. Then they are now involved in trailing him. Yeah. Yeah. Then they inform the hit squad, this is where the person is. Then the person can be abducted. Wow. This is awful. This is awful. Wow. Uh, and yeah. You know, one of the main questions, I think one of the last questions I'm going to ask is why has Mugabe been so quiet? 
We haven't heard anything from him. He's too old. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> he might just fall asleep trying to say well, something. Yeah, he might just fall asleep. <laughs> or he can, he can end up wetting himself. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, think it's, uh, I think it's also arrogant. You yeah. Know? The man is arrogant. Very true. And, uh, you know, he, he probably will be looking at this and saying, what are they trying to do? You know, no, and uh, you, you, you would think that he would, uh, you know, be be more concerned. He did that when the war veterans demonstrated and at the moment he's just appearing as if nothing is happening. But exactly. that's what arrogance, you know, gets you to, mm. to do. Uh, and I'm going to have to leave you guys. All right, Alex. I think uh, what we're going to do is we're going to close the show. We're going to have come close the show. I just wanted okay. to leave a word to my fellow Zimbabweans. Yes. I mean, what happened yesterday was amazing. I've never seen mm. that ever happen in the history of our country. Yeah, true. Before that um, word, maybe, before closure, yeah, I also yeah. wanted to say from here, yeah. we are actually going for a demonstration oh, yes, in the Zimbabwean yes. embassy in Pretoria. in Pretoria. There is a simultaneous demonstration taking place in Cape Town. We would like actually from this moment um, yeah. to ensure that we also close the borders and, and, and say countries should not engage a government that is illegitimate. That 100%. is very true. That is very true. 100%. Um, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. True. I think that is a that is a saying, a quotation that resounds very well with what Zimbabweans did yesterday. Mm. But gentlemen, wouldn't you say, I mean, uh, just before we go, would you think that it's a bit early eh, yeah. to, to be having a victory parade? I think the, the battle was won. Uh, but the war, but the war, the war is, 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 is ahead. I am just happy. I mean, I, I can be very critical of this, but I don't want to be critical right after this happened. Yes. Zimbabweans, for once in our lives, because we're very cynical people, mm. yeah. for once, let us pat ourselves on the back. Yesterday was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. But don't forget. You see, remember, Zimbabweans must also remember. It's like when we were young, and uh, you know, you get beaten up by your mother, but you're still waiting for your father to come home. <laughs> so that is still coming. Yeah, you see, you just got a hiding from mom. That wasn't too bad, but dad is still coming. So, I think, yeah, so we need to have our antennas up. I mean, like, you know, well done to everybody. But yeah, thank you. Fantastic. Alex, cheers. Clearly, you have to run. Yeah, yes. Okay, okay, there goes Alex. All right, I will be seeing you guys another time. And okay. uh, thanks for having me. Cheers. Thank, thank no problem. Thanks. thanks for being thanks. on, Bye. Alex. Okay, cheers. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, clipcentral.com. This is Zim Conversations, uh, with myself, Kamal Piri, aka Big Daddy Black, Big Daddy K, and Kev Malindi. Uh, I want to say thank you to our guests over here today. Uh, Advocate Gabriel Schumer. Yep. Thank you for inviting me here. Thank you for, you know, being here. Uh, good luck with the demonstrations today. <laughs> we should yeah. go very well. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for representing the country. Thank you for representing <coughs> your people. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you 100%. So much. Yeah. We are in this together. 100. Cheers. Cliffcentral.com. Ciao. Cheers. This is cliffcentral.com.